Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? It's the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtel. Pleased to be with you today as the Steelers are just about getting ready to go to restart everything back up after last week's bye in a decently timed spot overall with Pat Fryermuth hurt, Deontay Johnson hurt, with Dan Moore hurt, depending on how you feel about him. If there was a week to get healthy, it's a pretty solid week. Now, a lot of things surrounding the Steelers and surrounding the AFC North did not go particularly well, at least there as much as you'd want it to with Cleveland, an upset win against San Francisco, the first loss for Brock Purdy from start to finish, not counting that NFC Championship game last year against the Eagles. First start for Brock Purdy ever in the NFL. Since being Mr. Irrelevant and everything, Brock Purdy, it's his first loss. Now, Debo Samuel got hurt, did not return. Christian McCaffrey tried to give it a go after being hurt, could not go. That didn't help. And when things got a little wonky and everything wasn't set up perfectly on a platter for Brock Purdy, you could tell that he looked like an average quarterback. He looked like just a guy. Now, when any quarterback is being played under Kyle Shanahan, unless your name is Trey Lance in San Francisco and you are a quarterback that is somewhat regarded, not like a Nick Mullins type or anything like that. And yes, I understand that Brock Purdy was a seventh-round pick, but the expectations were different coming into this year for Brock Purdy. Then yeah, I would expect you to be pretty competent under Kyle Shanahan. And when the weapons are taken away, some things to falter. Now, they should have won that game, San Francisco, a 41-yard field goal that was missed by Jake Moody in an ugly game in Cleveland. Ugly day in Cleveland. Baltimore won. In London, against a Tennessee Titans team that's, frankly, just not very good, that the Steelers will get at Akershire Stadium on a Thursday night. Lamar Jackson still doesn't seem to be too in sync with his wide receivers. Zay Flowers is a real player. He is good. He's got talent. He's somebody that they could truly mold into a number one wide receiver. What's the last number one? Who is the last number one wide receiver? that the Baltimore Ravens have had. I mean, really think about that for a minute. Think about all the guys that they tried to select 
in the draft and just kind of plug and play. Rashard Bateman is one of those guys that's still on the roster. Dropped a touchdown against the Steelers. Somebody that really peaks to mind is, oh, they tried it. It didn't work. Remember the Sammy Watkins experiment when they brought him in as a free agent? The last really good wide receiver that, remember they brought in Mike Wallace? Maybe it was a lot different in terms of when they brought in Wallace to the point of where he was in his career. But Zay Flowers looks like he could really be that number one guy to compliment Mark Andrews. Something the Ravens have never had in the Lamar Jackson era. A real wide receiver who could stretch the defense, but also in space, cross the middle, and on the far side of the field, really do damage. He's not the complete package at wide receiver, but he's the closest thing they've had to it. And that's good for Baltimore. An offense that seemingly says one thing but does another. They want to be more of a downfield passing attack, but yet they still are drawing they're still they're still drawing up a ton of design runs for Lamar Jackson. Which I mean is understandable. If he can run as well as he does, why not use that as a weapon? And then the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that still is trying to get itself right, but seemingly has. Joe Burrow looks back to being Joe Burrow. Back to being the quarterback that we all know him to be. That's made back-to-back AFC Championship games. 17-13 win against the Bengals. Team is now back to 500. Joe Burrow was good. Overall on the day, Two touchdown passes, did throw a pick, sacked a couple times, but what Cincinnati offense do we know that Joe Burrow does not get sacked a ton? Well, Kenny Pickett also, in the last couple weeks, hasn't been getting sacked as much. It's been a little bit better with Broderick Jones at left tackle, okay? So Dan Moore Jr. has played four total games. And how about this? We're through six weeks now in the NFL. Dan Moore Jr. has played in four games. He is still tied for eighth in the NFL in pressures allowed. Steelers had a bye last week. And Dan Moore Jr. was hurt the week before. And he is still tied for eighth in the NFL in pressures allowed at left tackle. Now, yes, he did face off against Miles Garrett. He did go up against Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, a Nick Bosa that was fresh off of signing a new contract and was not there in training camp. But still, Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. And Joey Porter Jr., this year, his passer rating allowed against this year. Remember, he has an interception against Odell Beckham Jr. that Lamar Jackson shouldn't have thrown that football that football, but look, Joey Porter Jr., players make plays. His current passer rating allowed in coverage is a whopping zero. A big donut hole. Nothing. He hasn't allowed anything. In 86 snaps, he's been great. And it's crazy that the Steelers just are moving heaven and earth 
to give excuses as to why Broderick Jones and and Joey Porter Jr. won't start. If there's anything out of the bye that I think I've really taken away, there's two things. Compared to last year's bye, and a lot of people have compared last year's bye to what could happen in this year's bye, and there's just not that many seasons where I think that I expect a night and day change coming out of the bye week. Maybe that's because Ben Roethlisberger was here. The stability of that. What difference was really going to change? Because you knew what you were getting from Ben. You knew what you were getting from the offense. Stability with Le'Veon Bell. Stability with Antonio Brown. The only stability that you had with Antonio Brown. You didn't know what he was going to do on a daily basis. But you did know that once the whistle blew and the lights came on, he was going to ball out. Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. Rookies, yes. On a young defense for Joey Porter Jr., young young defensive player that, when you look at it, Levi Wallace isn't very young. Patrick Peterson probably only has a couple years left. It seems like the Steelers are just rotating guys in at the other safety position. Do they truly miss Terrell Edmonds? I think so. KZ and Neal have been fine. But they also have not allowed Minka Fitzpatrick to play his natural position of center field. Free safety, let him roam around, read the quarterback's eyes, and make plays. Now, Minka has to be used in coverage. And he's dropped down into the box, needing to make tackles for a defensive line that is still desperately missing Cam Hayward. But it's baffling to me why Broderick Jones, when Dan Moore Jr. is clearly struggling, and yeah, he was going up against good competition, but Dan Moore Jr. hasn't been great. Chuksa Corfor hasn't been great. Why not slide Dan Moore over to right? Chuksa Corfor is going to be gone after this year. So why not let Jones, who yeah, you traded up three spots for, gave up some draft picks for. It doesn't make that much sense to me why they don't decide to put him out there. And don't you want to protect your young quarterback in Kenny Pickett, who's dealing with a lot? Matt Canada and scrutiny around him. Injuries to his number one tight end, his number one wide receiver, his right guard, James Daniels, has missed a couple of games. And the Steelers, this is what the Steelers used to be like 10 years ago, I feel. Not letting rookies jump into the fold right away and try to be high-impact guys. But if you look at this, how the Steelers have dealt with rookies in the past, it's different than in previous years. I mean, think about Pickett. Yeah, they held him back. Yes, it was at the quarterback position. Maybe that has something to do with it, where it was the quarterback spot and whatnot. But if you look at the Steelers in terms of this year's draft and in terms of other drafts, George Pickens was pretty much thrown into the fire. DeMarvin Leal played a decent amount last year. Connor Hayward, a six-round pick, played solidly. The year before that, Najee Harris, first-round pick, starting running back day one. Pat Fryermuth, starting tight end right out of the gate. Kendrick Green was your starting center for Ben Roethlisberger. So you threw Kendrick, and Dan Moore was the starting left tackle. 
So Najee, Pat Frymuth, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. Remember, Kendrick Green was your third-round pick. Dan Moore was your fourth-round pick. You threw them out there right away on the offensive line to protect frail Ben Roethlisberger for his final season. Why were the Steelers starting Kendrick Green at center when he was a guard? He didn't know how to play the position. You had to teach him the position. And it didn't go very well. You didn't teach him well at all. How much blame should Pat Meyer have right now? So the Steelers started Kendrick Green, pick number 87, but you won't start the guy that you traded up from 17 to 14 to go get in favor of the guy that you picked 128 in the fourth round. I think Dan Moore's fine. You can move him to right. He'd be okay there. He'd probably be better than Chooks there. Chooks has been poor. There's no denying that. But you started Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore. And that was in the 2021 draft. Right away, those guys played. Chase Claypool played in 2020. Alex Heisman played a decent amount. Kevin Dotson played a decent amount. Remember Devin Bush? Yeah, he was fun. 2019, he played. He started, first-round pick. 2018, Terrell Edmonds played a ton his rookie year. TJ Watt, 2017. R.D. Burns, 2016. Bud Dupree, 2015. All these guys played during their rookie year. Ryan Shazier, 2014. Jarvis Jones, 2013, dating back to the last 10 years. Jarvis Jones, the last first-round pick from Georgia. Now Broderick Jones. Both with the last name of Jones, but expecting different results, obviously. Why not have Broderick Jones start? The injury to Dan Moore basically opened up the window. Broderick Jones stepped in and was good. See, this would be a whole different conversation if Broderick Jones was allowing sacks and he wasn't good and he was getting dominated at the line and he hasn't been perfect. I think it helps that Isaac Sayamalo in his last two games in 69 pass blocking snaps, one pressure allowed, no quarterback quarterback hits, no sacks allowed. He's been good on the same side of the field as Dan Moore, on the same side of the field as Dan Moore and and or Broderick Jones. So now that Sayamalo has picked up his play, it benefits Broderick Jones. But Kendrick Green got handed a, a starting job and Broderick Jones can't seemingly find a way to stay on the field despite good play. Our own Jeff Hathorne said yesterday, if it's my decision, I'd start Project Jones. The Steelers are loyal to a fault at times. Sometimes it really pays off for them. Sometimes it doesn't. But don't read too much into it today. After practice on Wednesday and Thursday, we'll know even more. Dan Moore says he's going to play. Is this the first time he's tested out his knee in practice situation? We'll see how that recovers. Yeah, I just think it's natural to want to play Broderick Jones, to want to play Joey Porter Jr. But think about this just overall. Do you think about matchups? You're coming out of the bye. So the Steelers last year on offense put Kenny Pickett into the starting lineup after the bye, get things rolling, make sure things are secure. Things are the way you want them to be for Pickett. And he's not just being completely thrown into the fire. You have some time to work him in. Why not have more time to work Broderick Jones in at left tackle, which is what you've already done, and work Joey Porter Jr. in at corner? And I think Porter will play more than Jones will because you just don't see a rotation of offensive linemen more so than you see a rotation of defensive backs. 
I'd expect Porter to play 25 snaps. Partly because, think about who you're going up against. You're going up against Cooper Cup, top five wide receiver in the NFL through two games. Yeah, he's uh, putting up numbers again. And then you got to go up against the new star, Puka, wide receiver for the Rams, who has been a rookie sensation, decently high draft pick that has taken on anybody, any challenge, and risen to the occasion. And you think the Steelers' corners are going to be able to defend those guys? Probably a top five wide receiver tandem in the NFL right now? Cooper Cup can just single-handedly, I can see it now, I'm going to the game, he can single-handedly shred Levi Wallace. Or crush Pat Peterson. I mean, man, like, can't you just see it now? Pat Peterson, Levi Wallace getting run past. Remember the touchdown catch by Devontae Adams where Patrick Peterson seemingly jumped after the ball was caught by Adams in the end zone in Vegas? I could see that again. Minka's going to have to drop down in coverage against one of those guys. Why not put Patrick Peterson as more of a safety role, if, especially if you're going to move Minka into a coverage role, which I don't want to see. I want to see him play free safety. Read Matthew Stafford's eyes. Read any of the quarterback's eyes. Make a play. But that's the way it is right now. So we'll have to see how it plays out. And maybe just the beginning parts of practice where Dan Moore practiced yesterday. We'll see how it shapes out. But this is going to be a true showing for the Steelers' offense as well. Hey, Deontay Johnson's back. Pat Firemuth's going to play. Your offensive line is getting healthier. Both running backs are starting to find a mold of what they are, where it's 60-40, Najee Harris. Jalen Warren is more active in the passing game, even though Najee Harris was drafted to be active in the passing game. And Najee takes the tough runs, short-yarded situations. Warren, too, but it's a change of pace. Warren has shown that he's the faster guy. He could break off big runs. So playing the younger guys like Warren, as well as JPJ, Broderick Jones, we'll see how much that amounts to this week and going on further. But you'd think that the bye week would be time to let those guys further work themselves into the equation. And I think practice reports will further tell us that that's the case. Mike Tomlin will also speak to the media. You can hear that right here on 93.7. The fan, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, will talk at 12 o'clock. And then stick around for Cook and Joe, who will give you live reaction of what Mike Tomlin had to say at 12.30. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. Okay, so yesterday is the Major League Baseball playoffs. I love the baseball playoffs. We'll talk about it briefly. Well, somebody is back in the news from Pirates lore. The lore of Pirates past. It is spooky season, a lot of people like to call it. This guy is somebody who came in and righted the demons of the Pirates past. And also left the team frantically in the dust for the next seven, eight years. At least from the 2015 season. To where Ben Sherrington is trying to break out of it now. Who is he? What job might he potentially be interviewing for? 
That's coming up next, Van Oli Morning Show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Austin Bechtold here with you. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. Before I get to the... Baseball news of the day in the city of Pittsburgh yesterday, which is something good for somebody who I think we should be happy for if this is indeed the case and if he has a realistic shot at potentially getting a position. Let's send it to the phones. Roland, Castle Shannon. What's up, man? Austin, you're the hardest working guy at 93.7 a fan. I don't know about that, but I try my best. Did you happen to hear the call I did yesterday with Nick Callis? I did. You're not going to try to tell me there's only 16 games a season, are you? No, there's 17. All right. And when I said 12 and 5, does that sound ridiculous when you heard that? Um, may- Maybe a little bit, just because the Steelers have two losses and playing the probabilities, there is a ton of games still left out there against quality opponents like Jacksonville. You still got to play Cincinnati twice. On the road at Baltimore, it's going to be a little bit difficult, but that would probably be the most that they can top out at this year, I would imagine. Would you agree with me, and that's why I'm going to L.A. this weekend, would you agree with me this is the ultimate test for Tomlin? He's supposed to be the guy that rebuilds and reloads and refocuses after a bye week. He's going up against the genius that won a Super Bowl a few years back out in his home field so far. So don't you think after being outcoached and schooled by a rookie head coach in the Texans, after playing four horrible games and having his defense win, the, win you know, a couple of them, so after the disappointment, not only with the offense, with Matt Canada and his play calling and not utilizing the middle of the field and not using, utilizing the elite weapons they have, but what's really disappointing, since Cam got hurt, they can't stop the run. They're yeah, not gashed. Right. And so I, don't, do you agree that this Rams game is a pivotal game to kind of set the tone for the rest of the season? I do, and I appreciate the call, Roland, especially because of the bye. And there was so much that was made up of last year, two and six into the bye, and the way that the Steelers came out of it. And 
how much better they were because of it and how the offense changed identities. I don't know how much the offense is really going to change. Maybe more so a little bit more pass-happy, but that's mostly because Deontay Johnson's back and Pat Fryermuth's back. This is a pivotal point because, one, you're going up against a decent Rams team. Yes, but you're also, for the most part, it's so pivotal because you're getting healthier. You're continuing to wind down the clock on when Cam Hayward will get back. How much does this buy affect the way that your defensive line is able to further progress and further grow? Younger guys like DeMarvin Leal. And also, what do you want to see from Keanu Benton? But it's also the fact that you have more time for these guys to mold, mesh, and I think really the the spy being placed where it is strategically helps the Steelers because of just a health perspective and how this team can really move forward when Cincinnati's getting healthier. Baltimore really got healthy for that Steeler game. Marlon Humphrey came back for the first time. Odell Beckham got healthy. Their offensive line got significantly healthier. And that's the case with a bye. That's part of the reason why it's so beneficial to have it more so in the middle of the season, not really after five games. But yeah, it's placed in a decent spot because you got the Rams, Jacksonville, the Titans, and the Packers coming up. Three of the next four are at home. After the Rams game, which I think will maybe be eh, 60-40 Steeler fans, maybe. Maybe 70-30. 65-35. I'll settle on 65-35. There's going to be a lot of Steeler fans there. It's going to look like Vegas. You got the Jags at home. Tough, tough game. Tennessee, who is garbage on a Thursday night. And then Green Bay, who seemingly has regressed with Jordan Love at quarterback. Then you got to go to the Browns at the Bengals. That'll be tough. And then you got to face the Cardinals with Kyler Murray probably back. A horrendous Patriots team on Thursday night. You faced a terrible Titans team and a poor Patriots team on Thursday nights at home. You should win both of those games. Think about the games that are just easy games out there for the Steelers to win. A lot of the harder games are probably out of the way. San Francisco, the Browns, and the Ravens. And yeah, you still got to face tough teams. You do the whole rest of the way, but you don't have to face a lot of really, really difficult opponents until the final three games of the year. The Bengals at home, at Seattle, at the Ravens. But you have a string right now of pretty solid games that you can win. Tennessee, Packers, at the Browns will be tough, at the Bengals as well. But Cardinals, Patriots, at the Colts, Anthony Richardson probably won't play. Before you got to end the season on a high note, if you can, it's going to be tough with those last three opponents. So going back to this, Rob Bradford of Odyssey Sports. He's put out a name out there from the former Pirates front office that might be going to New England. Ex-Pirates general manager candidate is a, is a candidate for the open position. The former Pirates general manager, you guessed it, Neil Huntington, is under consideration to become the next general manager of the Boston Red Sox. Huh. You remember that he was hired in October of 27, 2007, until he was fired after the 2019 season. Ben Charrington took over. The Chris Archer deal is really the last thing that people remember from Neil Huntington. 
Also, the image of Clint Hurdle being taken away on a cart in PNC Park as he sat there looking all upset. And that was pretty much the last thing we saw of Clint Hurdle before he was gone, riding off into the sunset. And Neil Huntington just kind of did his time here. And that was it for those final years, 16, 17, 18, 19. I hope that Neil Huntington gets it. We should celebrate Neil Huntington and what he did with the Pirates. We really should. I mean, he did a lot of good things here. He didn't go out the way anybody would have liked him to, but he brought postseason baseball back to Pittsburgh after two decades of losing. How many general managers were able to do that? Not many. I mean, the Pirates had so many difficult times and fallen on hard times that Huntington helped to bring this team back to relevancy. He served in the Cleveland Guardians front office as a special assistant of baseball projects after being hired in March of 2022. So, yeah, I, I'm glad to see Neil Huntington get back out there and get rolling again. Also, the biggest game in college football this week, number seven, Penn State, number three, Ohio State. If Penn State does not win with a superior quarterback compared to Kyle McCord, Drew Aller is better. Penn State's defense is better than Ohio State. Ohio State is fantastic defense. They're fantastic on the defensive side of the ball. They have Marvin Harrison Jr., the best wide receiver in all of football. Maybe the best offensive player in all of college football. Maybe the best player in all of college football right now. Without Caleb Williams has regressed and Drake May is still good, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is just that guy. If James Franklin, though, does not win this game with a better defense and a better quarterback, yes, it's on the road. When will Penn State ever beat Ohio State? It might not be the case in the James Franklin era. And then you've got to really wonder, has James Franklin done his time? Probably not. I mean, they're not, they're comfortable, satisfied with James Franklin. They're not going to get rid of James Franklin. But you got to think to yourself, if he can't beat Ohio State, He's like 1-7, I think the number is, against Ohio State. 1-7 or 1-8. I think it's 1-7 against Ohio State. You can't do that. And yeah, you're going to avoid them because the schedule changes for the Big Ten coming up next year. So you're not going to play Ohio State every year. You're not going to play Michigan every year who you struggled against and have it home this year on November 11th. This is the time. Penn State's going to lose a lot of guys. Chop Robinson. Probably Kaylin King on the defensive side of the ball to the draft. Abdul Carter has another year left. You have Nick Singleton, Drew Aller for another year, Katron Allen. More wide receivers that you can bring in. They're young. I like what Mike Yorich does on the offensive side of the ball. They're young on the offensive side of the ball, more experienced on the defensive side of the ball. They should go in there and beat Ohio State. Maybe by a field goal. I'm a little concerned for Penn State. And I'm excited for what Pitt was able to do with Christian Veyer last week against Louisville and upset the Cardinals. Doesn't that feel like a game that Pitt just comes out and wins? I mean, truly. At the beginning of the year, I thought Pitt would beat Louisville. Now I did not think Louisville would be undefeated and coming off of a huge win against Notre Dame. But that just was one of those that you circle that, yeah, Pitt should win. A lot of different circumstances compared to at the beginning of the year, but good for Pitt. Seemingly... A great win to get back on track. Wake Forest this week. Pitt should win that game. I don't think Pitt's going to go 6-6. Six and six. I'm not sure if they will. they still got Notre Dame, Florida State, Duke. 
good teams on the schedule. It's gonna be dull. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to be able to do. But hey, right now for Pat Narduzzi and the Blue Vase, that was great to see. And for James Franklin, it's time to put up or shut up. And he knows that this whole entire week is gonna be just Ohio State talk. He said that right after the UMass win, sixty-three to nothing. That hey, which is uh yeah, how about that? As Crowley said to me earlier today, strategically placed right before Ohio State. It's going to be a big game. Big noon kickoff. I hate noon games. I really do. A lot of the players like them. Beat writers like them because you don't have to go out and cover it. As a fan, I like to watch primetime football games. It's more fun when you're there and it's in primetime. Huge game against the neighboring Ohio State Buckeyes. Do or die for James Franklin. If they don't win, they don't make... They won't make the playoffs. And then lots of questions will be surrounding the team. When will it ever be the case? The pre-show is next on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.